All right, here we go. It is the first Sunday of 2022. Happy New Year. It is a new year. Happy New Year to all of you guys that are joining us online. That's everybody because we're not meeting in person. Yeah, it's just we're us. online only today. It's Amber and I, and we are here celebrating the new year. But in order to kick off our message, I'm going to need a little something, something here. <laughs> oh I'm going to need a little bit of that. What is that? That's a big bottle of wine. Yeah. Now, it's not that I need the the wine to get through the message. It's really that we're going to be talking about 2022, the new year, and we might need a little bit of wine to get through 2022 if it's anything like 2021 was, no, right? I'm not speaking that over 2022. 2022 is going to be the best year, you guys. It's going to be so good. I'm excited yeah. for 2022. I'm excited to see why you think we need a bottle of wine. Well, the real reason that I brought out the bottle of wine this morning is because we're actually talking about a passage in which Jesus talks about wine. Mm -hmm. And he tells a parable, a story that illustrates really um, what God wants to do in our lives and what it takes in order to have a fresh start in the new year. So why don't we go ahead and read that passage? That way you guys kind of know what I'm talking about. I'm not advocating drinking a whole lot on Sunday morning, but if you're doing that (laughs) right now, no judgment, okay? Matthew chapter number nine, verse 17. The scripture says this, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. You know, believe it or not, in this passage, this strange sounding statement that Jesus makes really is the key to experiencing a meaningful 2022, a new year that's full of change for the better. And who doesn't want a little bit of change in the next year, right? Whether it's personal change or financial change, spiritual change, cultural change, everybody is hoping that things will be a little bit different in the new year. And I think that that's such a different thing than what we're used to saying. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people a few years ago would say, I hate change. I don't want things to change. I like (laughs) comfort zone. I like things to be easy and normal. And now we're like, please, Lord, let it change. Let it, let it be different. Different, which I find really interesting. It is, yeah. It's a totally different mindset, and I don't know about you. I mean, you've mentioned this before, so I do think I know what you, how you feel on this. Like, I just have a sense that 2022 is going to be a different year. Yeah. I, feel, I have a sense that God is going to do something significant among us here in mm-hmm. our church body, in the world at large. And if that's the case, if we're going to receive it, then we've got to get ready for yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've got to be prepared for what God wants to do in the new year. So um, let's look at these words of Jesus a little more closely here. Okay, he talks about wine, which we all understand. I mean, we get wine in the concept, but then he starts talking about new wine versus old wine. And at that point, I think most Bible readers or hearers are like, okay, yeah, I mean, I kind of get the general idea of new wine and old wine. There's probably some stuff there, some nuance that I'm not picking up on, but I generally understand what he means there. When I was a kid, I was taught that new wine is just grape juice Mm -hmm. and that old wine is like fermented wine. Would you say that that's what that's saying here? Uh, No. And we'll talk about why in just a moment. In fact, we know that's not what Jesus meant because of what he says here um, in the latter part of the verse. Um, So yeah, Jesus is talking about wine. We get that. New wine, old wine. We kind of understand that. By the time he starts bringing up new and old wine skins, I think most of us in 2022 are lost. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. wine skins. What is he even talking about? What does that mean? And how is that saying or that statement? How is it helpful to any of us? Yeah, what does talking about wine skin have to do with 2022 and church and Jesus and anything? So let's zoom out a little bit and let's understand what led to all of this wine talk, okay? So when you're reading the Bible, you actually want to, anytime you come across a verse that you might find a little confusing, you don't fully understand what's going on, one of the best things you 
you can do is to read the surrounding passage. Mm -hmm. That's called the context of the verse, and that might help you to understand. And so if we zoom out a little bit and we jump back into Matthew chapter number nine, verse 14, we read that one day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and they asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? So there were some people in Jesus' day, and it was really common for them to fast two times a week. Every Monday and every Thursday, from sunup until sundown, the only thing you were allowed to put into your body was water. That was it. It's a pretty harsh diet. So like, that's strict, right? I have a story about this. I actually okay. remember when you tried to do this diet fasting thing. So we were doing 21 days of prayer, which we've done in the past, and— um and for our whole church. And you decided to take on this old um, fast program that people did in the Bible. And you didn't eat anything from sunup to sundown. Mm -hmm. But then I remember like sundown and you hit it hard. You were like steak grilled, like (laughs) all the fixings. Like you were ready. It was like Thanksgiving every single sundown. But that is what a biblical fast really is. Sunup to sundown, you don't eat anything or drink anything except water. And, And in Jesus' day, very religious people would do that twice a week. Every single week, wow. not just for 21 days of prayer or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, these people who were very used to fasting on the reg, they started noticing that Jesus and his disciples, they don't fast at all. Mm-hmm. Like, not, it's not that they don't fast two times a week or, you know, they're not doing it every week, but they notice that they're not fasting publicly anyway, noticeably at all. And so they go to Jesus and they ask him, why is it that you don't fast the way that the other religious people do in your day? And in response, Jesus gives three illustrations or micro parables is really what they are. And each one of these three, they all communicate the exact same fact. So he starts out in verse number 15 by saying, when you go to a wedding, you don't fast, you feast. When you go to a wedding, it's a time for a party. There might be a a season or a time in which you choose to fast and deny yourself, but a wedding ain't it. When you go to a wedding, you bring your your, uh, appetite, you bring your party mode, you're ready to go because weddings are about celebrations. Mm -hmm. So what Jesus is saying is his coming is meant to be a party. It is meant to be a celebration. It's a time for feasting and not fasting. So why do his disciples not fast? Well, because the bridegroom has come. Yeah. That's a time to celebrate. The church is the bride, the groom is Jesus, and it's such a beautiful unite. And and I love that this, you know, these judgmental religious people are coming like, hey, how come you're not doing this? And he's like, no, no, you're, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like this is a, this is a celebration. This yeah. is a really big deal that we're coming together and uniting. Well, and that's why one of the things we talked about before at Connect is we want our Sunday experiences to feel more like a party than a funeral. Come on. Like you've been to a lot of church services, I'm sure that felt very much like a funeral, but ours is a little bit different and that's intentional. We want there to be a lot of energy. We want it to be positive and joyful full because we have received forgiveness of our sins. We have received new life through Jesus, our Savior, mm-hmm. and that gives us every reason to celebrate. Yes, there are certainly times where we need to fast and mourn and repent and weep and lament and all of those different things. But when we come together, we're coming together to celebrate the victory of Jesus over sin and death yes. and the victory that he gives to each one of us. So he starts with this, this micro parable saying, listen, uh, when I am here in the world, it's a time for feeding feasting and not fasting. Then in verse 16, he tells a slightly different parable. And this one, I also think we could pretty easily understand. Have you ever bought a sweatshirt? Yeah. And, oh yeah. Okay. Thanks. Hello. Let me, have you ever <laughs> bought a sweater and you love it? It fits perfect. And then you wear it a time or two, you throw it in the wash 
And then when you take it out and put it back on, what's happened to it? It's shrunk down, right? It is much smaller than it was before. Mm -hmm. And so in verse number 16, Jesus tells this parable in which he says, nobody will patch an old shirt with a new piece of fabric. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because your old shirt has already been through that shrink cycle. But if you put a new piece of unshrunk cloth onto it, that when it gets wet, it will shrink and it's going to pull and tear. And it's actually going to rip away from the fabric that it's been patched onto. The hole is going to be even worse than it was before. So he says, nobody puts a new piece of cloth He'd, nobody patches that onto an old shirt. That's so verse number 15. were they 15. using like old patches to like put on old shirts? Pre-shrunk, Because yeah. we're living in an age where y- you get a hole in your shirt, you just buy a new one. Mm-hmm. But back then you had to patch up things. Totally. And and so I'm just like picturing them finding old shirts or whatever and cutting old to make patches. And, I well, I think his point is that if you wanted to put a new piece of cloth on there, you would make sure that it was pre-shrunk yes, so that the new wasn't ruined by the old. Yes. Okay. That's his point here, that the new doesn't get ruined by the old. Then after he talks about the wedding, he talks about the shirt being patched. In verse number 16, he tells this story about uh, wine in wineskins, right? This illustration here. This is probably the most foreign of all of his parables in this section of the scripture. So let's explain it, okay? okay. In Jesus' day, wine was the most most common thing that people drank. It was more common than water. Mm-hmm. People would drink wine way more than they would even drink water. If you hear about Europe and, mm-hmm. and you talk about Europe, you, you hear, oh, wine is cheaper than a bottle of water. And I just think about this story where I'm like, oh yeah, like people were drinking wine way more because okay, it was safer. The, well, that's it. So the, the point here is not that the Israelites were drunkards or lushes or whatever. And they just <laughs> like, they were like, life is better when you got, no, that's not it. Okay. The reason that they drank wine is because it was safer than water. Yeah. Water was often contaminated with bacteria, and if you pulled it from a stream or a lake or something like that, they didn't understand that the water had to be sterilized in order for it to be safe to drink. They just knew that water was often a crapshoot, and sometimes Mm -hmm. you would get sick from it. Mm -hmm. But wine is naturally antiseptic. It kills bacteria, and so wine was always safe to drink. In fact, when they wanted to drink a lot of water, they would actually mix it with wine because the wine would kill whatever bacteria happened to be in the water. That's interesting. So they were always drinking wine because that was the safest thing. Not only that, but wine was very religiously significant for Jewish people. So in their festivals, throughout the Old Testament, wine was always a part of worship. It was always a part of their feasts and celebrations. It had a lot of symbolism and a lot of meaning behind it. And that meant that vineyards were incredibly common in ancient Israel. Everywhere mm-hmm. you'd go, there would be grape vines and uh, you know terraces where people were growing grapes for wine and things like that. Yeah. So what they would do is they would harvest the grapes just like we do today, they would do the first mash. And often it was like people standing in a, in a bucket with their feet, just smush, 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 smush. It would be fun. A lot of people think that's gross, but that's what they did. And after they created this first mash of the grapes, they would actually take that, that must, that beginning stage that had started to ferment, but it hadn't fully fermented. It's not quite wine yet. Still got some processes, processes to go through. And they would need to store it in something so that it could travel and be sent out, shipped out to wherever it needed to go. Now, here's the thing. They had to use a very specific type of material in order to um, keep the wine preserved. So in Jesus' day, after they did that first pressing of the wine, they would actually take animal skins, usually goat skins is what they would use, and uh, they would create a bladder or a bag, and they would put the new wine in there. So it would look a little 
something like this. I imagine bigger. Much bigger. Yeah, it would be actually the full size of a goat. It would be like a huge bag and it wouldn't have any logos and, you know, plastic and things like that. But hey, <laughs> I picked this up at Cabela's. I was glad that I found this there. I was pretty surprised. <laughs> anyway, but it would look a little something like this. It would be like partially treated leather um, and they would store it in there. And what would happen is they put this new wine into the wine skins and it would continue to ferment and, you know, change from just standard grape juice into wine. And as that happened, it, uh, as it does today, it puts off a great deal of carbon dioxide. And so the, the must, the grapes would just swell, right? With all of the CO2 that it's putting off. And Jesus point here is that if you put that, that, uh, new wine into new wine skins, uh, a goat hide that had never been used before, it was new enough, supple enough, and flexible enough that it would flex with all of those increasing gases and it would be able to contain that pressure. Okay. It wouldn't rupture. But if you took an old wine skin, one that had already been stretched to its limit by wine in the past, it had probably gotten brittle and thin, and it doesn't have any more give left in it. Mm. And so if you put new wine into the old wine skin, by the time it starts to ferment and get really bloated, the 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 um, bladder itself would crack and it would burst open and you would lose not only the wine skin, but also all that good wine that's inside of there. Yeah. So Jesus says, all of you people know, if you've got new wine, you have to put it in a new wine skin. If you try to put new wine in an old wine skin, you're going to end up losing both. So how does this apply to us? Like, yeah. What, what is, I, you know, I get the wine concept. Mm. I get how Jesus thinks that this is important. Use new wine, new wine skin, do the process right. But what's the point? What's the point? Okay, here's the point. When God does something new, it will not fit into our old expectations, assumptions, and patterns. Mm -hmm. When God chooses to do something new, that new thing will not fit into your old ways. Wow. This is what Jesus is communicating here. This is why he talks about a, a wedding, which is a new marriage coming together. This is why he talks about new cloth and old cloth. This is why he talks about new wine versus old wineskins. God's new thing will not fit into our old ways. See, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, the ones who even came and asked him this sort of question, they believed that the Messiah would come and everything he said and did would line up quite nicely with their religious practices, mm -hmm. their beliefs, their assumptions, their politics, you know, all of those different things. But of course, Jesus didn't come to confirm everything they thought. In fact, Jesus came to inaugurate a brand new covenant, one that was based on grace and not works, right. one in which the entire world was invited into a relationship with God and not just the Jewish people themselves. Mm -hmm. And so the old wineskins of the Jewish religion were completely unable to deal with the new wine of Jesus' ministry. Mm -hmm. So that's the primary point he's making there is like, listen, you guys are not ready for the new thing that God wants to do yeah. because you won't let go of your old yeah. wineskins, your old habits, your old ways of viewing the world, your, your old beliefs and assumptions and all that sort well, of even, stuff. Even more than that, I think this is really important because, you know, we are churchgoers, right? We go to church, we have expectations of what God is going to do in our life. We have prayers and what we're asking God for. But then, you know, 
oftentimes and most of the time, I would say when God is doing some kind of big thing in my life, it is not what I expected at all. Mm -hmm. It's not what I was praying for five years ago. It's not what I'm even praying for right now that he's evolving and tweaking and making new. Mm -hmm. And and I have to be flexible, yeah. right? I can't have it. No, it's this way. God, you're going this way. Mm-hmm. I have to be flexible and say, yeah. And and these religious rulers back then, they were so tunnel vision. They mm-hmm. were so like, no, God, if God is coming in the form of man, it's going to look like this. Yeah. And, and they had no flexibility in their vision and what that looked like, what Jesus could possibly do, where he would come from. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't, they couldn't even wrap their minds around if it. If we assume that we've got God figured out, then we need to take a step back. Right. We need to pump the brakes because God is bigger than any of our conceptions. He's bigger. Uh, he will appear differently. He will do different things than any of us might ever expect. And so the big sin that the religious leaders in Jesus' day were committing were that they assumed they had it all figured out. Mm-hmm. There was no flexibility. There was no give. God couldn't show up and blow their mind because they're like, oh, I know who God is. I know how he works. And so, yeah, I'll just do what I'm supposed to do and that's it. And I think many of us in 2022 have the exact same problem. We assume, maybe a little bit differently, we assume that we can just add Jesus to our old lives and everything will match up and line up really nicely, right? But good luck with that. Right, that's like making God an accessory in your life. Exactly, yeah. See, Jesus doesn't fit in. Right. He does not fit in to our old lives. Right. In fact, uh, you know, when you mix the old with the new, Jesus says in verse number 17, you end up ruining both. Mm -hmm. If you try to take your old sinful life and add a little Jesus into it, you know what you get? You get you get a ruined old way of life and a ruined form of Jesus. Wow. It's miserable. Wow. You will hate both of them. You won't be able to enjoy your sin very much, and you certainly won't be able to enjoy Jesus the way that you should. But this point is so important because even in just the the six years that we've been pastoring Connect Church, we've seen this play out. Mm-hmm. We've seen people come in, so many people come in, but if they're just trying to make God or Jesus an accessory in their life, like, like maybe a friend or a mentor or whoever told them, you need a spiritual component in your life in order for your life to be better. Mm-hmm. That was like already stepping on the wrong foot. Like, God has to be the leader of your life, Mm -hmm. control of it all, Lord of your life, right? And so if they're stepping in and they're coming into the church like, okay, I've checked it off my box. I sang the songs. I heard the sermon. I lived through it. Mm -hmm. I did my part. I I gave God an hour of my week. You know, or maybe I gave God an hour of my month. Come on, that's that's a lot of people coming once a month, and 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 you're almost like, okay, I did I did my part. I checked it off. I feel good about myself. But you're missing the point completely. Mm-hmm. You are not letting Jesus be a part of your life, yeah. and there is no flexibility. And you're trying to fit Jesus into an old wineskin, your yeah. old vessel, what you used to be. You still are. You haven't been transformed mm-hmm. because Jesus is not a part of your life. You're just trying to add him into a small component of your life. Yeah. Jesus doesn't fit in. He takes over. Yes. Jesus doesn't fit in. He just takes over. And so you're right. Unless we get new wineskins to handle the new wine of Jesus' work, of the Holy Spirit's ministry in our life, then you're going to 
feel increasing pressure in your spiritual life, mm-hmm. your financial life, mm-hmm. your sexual life, your thought life, All of right? It. Because Jesus is going to call you to leave behind your old ways and to embrace his new ways. And that change is going to be difficult. It's going to be awkward. You're not going to want to do it. You're not going to know if you can do it. All those different things. And eventually it comes down to this every single time. Okay, the pressure keeps building and building and building, just like in the wineskins Jesus talked about. And so you have to do one of two things. You either have to get rid of Jesus or you have to get rid of your old ways. Wow. That's what it comes down to. You're going to get rid of one or the other because the presence of both is going to continue to build up so much pressure that one of them has to go. You're going to get rid of Jesus or you're going to get rid of your old ways. So so let's just get really practical for Mm -hmm. a minute. Like, what do you mean by old ways? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I've experienced this in my life for sure, okay? Um, I remember when I first became a Christian, it's like there was Sunday Daniel— that loved Jesus and sang songs and, you know, like, yes, I love God, that sort of thing. And then there was Saturday Daniel, Mm. uh, and really it was the rest of the week Daniel, that was out running around doing all the things that I used to do, Mm. all the things that I was doing, you know, all the things that I thought were important and I pursued before I found Jesus. There was this transition time, really, where I was trying to have Jesus and all of that. Mm -hmm. And, And what I found out was that, like, it ruined both of them. I didn't really enjoy Jesus and I didn't enjoy my old life anymore either. And so eventually I had to choose. I had to decide, am I going to go all in with Jesus or am I going to go all in with my old way of life? If you've got one foot in both camps, you're wasting your time yeah. because you're not going to have any good benefit out of either one of those. So choose. like In the Old Testament, rather, God says, hey, choose this day who you're going to serve. And I set before you life and death. And you can choose life or death, mm-hmm. right? Um, you've got to decide, am I all in over here or am I going to be all in over here? You can't have one foot in both camps. And I think a lot of people, when they hear this, they're looking for like that checklist. Okay, what do I need to exit out of my life? Mm-hmm. What do I need to start doing in my life? You One, you need to start praying and you need to start reading scripture so that you can dive in and know what God has for you. Pray about it. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you. Ask God to reveal to you what you need to take out. Maybe it's friends, maybe it's habits, whatever it is. But something I want to add to this conversation is I see when I read the scripture that God elevates people that do two things. They live in really big faith mm-hmm. and they have strong character. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I think of someone, we just exited Christmas, right? And so we're talking about Mary and how she delivered the son, her baby Jesus, right? It wasn't because she was super talented. Right. It wasn't because she had the most angelic voice or she could get on stage and preach or she taught children really well or she was the best friend of everyone. Like, there wasn't some magical talent that Mary held, but she had big faith. And she lived in strong character. Mm-hmm. She she was dependable in that character. She wasn't going out and gossiping about every single friend and then saying, I love you to their face. She wasn't um, talking bad about her boss with her coworkers. You know what I mean? Like there's character building and practical things that we can do in 2022 to build up our character because God wants to elevate people who have good character. Mm-hmm. 
And then you live in big faith because you're saying yes to God, even when you don't know what lies ahead. When you don't have every single answer, you're trusting him to help you move forward. And you're taking that step of faith what you can't see, but you're trusting in, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think about Daniel and in the Old Testament, not this Daniel, but but Bible Daniel and the Old Testament and how he just lived this this life of strong faith that even when, when there was um, a ruler who set a law and said, you have to bow down to only me and never worship another God, and he got thrown in a lion's den, he still said, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to open my window wide and worship you, God. And then he got thrown in a lion's den, and you know what? He had big faith, and the lion didn't eat him. Like, that's crazy to me, but his character stood out. And those two things are so important. If we're going to evolve and not try and fit God into our old wineskin, we've got to create this new wine skin, a big faith and strong character. Yeah. The, the, the new wine skin that Jesus calls us to have very often does involve a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new way of worshiping and being in the world. And those are great biblical examples. One of the examples that popped into my mind is that you and I, you know, we were saved and baptized and educated in churches and schools that had very specific rules, right? Mm-hmm. So like some of the rules were that the um, all the women were only allowed to wear dresses, mm-hmm. no pants mm-hmm. or jeans or anything like that. And guys were supposed to dress up when they came to church and you wore a suit jacket and a tie. And when you read the Bible, it had to be the King James Bible. And, you know, <clears throat> they talked about double separation from the world. Double separation from the world means not only do you not participate in the things of the world that could be sinful, but you won't participate or you won't be around anybody who might also participate in in those wow. things. Does yeah. that make sense? So like there were all of these very strict and stringent rules. And the more I read the scriptures and the more involved I got into ministry, the more I realized that God operates thankfully by grace yeah. and not by rules. Right. Right. And so I had to start questioning the things that I had been taught early on, and and these were not bad people. They were well-intentioned. They were trying to follow Jesus as faithfully as they could, but they had gotten to where they defined their relationship by how well they followed the rules. And, and as I read more and more of the scripture and I came to know Jesus better myself, I started to realize, well, wait a sec, this way of viewing God and, and being a Christian is at odds with the grace message that we're teaching and preaching. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn to let go of some of that. I had to, you know, come to understand it's okay to read the New Living Translation instead of the King James. And yeah. it's okay if I stand up and preach in a pair of jeans or something like that, because man looks at the outward appearance. It's God who looks at the heart, right? Mm-hmm. So that's another example where even religious teaching and preaching um, and, and uh, theology can be an old wineskin that needs to be addressed so that we can receive new wine. And listen, mm-hmm. it's not just those of us that are pastors and have been believers for a long time. You really have to deal with this in your life too, regardless of who you are, where you're at in your journey with God. There are old wineskins that you have to let go of so that you can receive the new wine that God wants to give you in 2022. So maybe one of the old wineskins that you have to let go of is the statement, I'm a good person. Oh, come on. I'm a good person and God loves me because I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. The truth is the new wine that Jesus came to give us is that there is none righteous. No one does the right thing. We're all sinners. And so until we can acknowledge the fact that we don't always get it right and we may not be as good as we wish other people believe that we are, until we get to that point, 
we're never going to be able to handle what God wants to give us. Yeah. In old wineskin that you hear people trotting out all the time in our world today is follow your truth. Just follow your truth. <laughs> Whatever your truth is, that's good for you. But the new yeah. wine that Jesus came to bring is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. Nobody comes that's to the right. Father except by me. If you accept that new wine, it's going to blow up your old wineskin of who has access to God and who doesn't. Like it's a it's a very difficult thing to wrestle through. This is such a common clear. issue oh, that totally. comes up. And I think we need to stop here and say like, let's be strong and bold in our faith in this moment because every single week I have somebody um, that I a- interact with who says this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. We'll all end up in heaven anyway. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And, and that's beautiful, but... <laughs> It's not biblical. Oh, beautiful, right? but not biblical. And Whoa. so so we need to make sure <laughs> that we're actually seeking mm. what does God want to speak and say to us mm. in this moment? Is this God's truth or just your truth? Mm. I want God's truth. Yeah, totally. Maybe the old wineskin says, I can't forgive until they apologize. But the new wine that Jesus wants to give you is that you can forgive others the way that God has forgiven you. Mm -hmm. The old wine skin may say wealth is measured by what you have, but the new wine from the gospel is wealth is measured by what you give. The old wine skin says, oh, I'm nobody special. I've got nothing to offer. But the new wine says, I bear the image of God and he has a good plan for my life. Listen, we could continue to go on and on and on with different examples of the ways that Jesus confronts our old ways of thinking, our mm-hmm. old habits, our old sins, and you know all of those patterns. We can go on and on with examples, but the point really is this. What got you here is not going to get you there. Right. What got you to this point in your life is not going to get you where God wants you to go. Instead, what we have to do is to be willing to let go of the old ways, the old wineskins. Maybe they were sufficient in another time in your life. Maybe that's what you needed to get to where you're at today. But to get to where God wants you to go in 2022, you're going to have to get rid of this Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to allow Jesus to pour new wine into your life. When God calls you to go somewhere, it's always better. It's always better. So if you'll take this journey, if you'll say no to the old ways and yes to to the new things that God wants to do, then I believe your life will be better for it. 2022 will be better for it. Mm -hmm. Now, I realize this is not a traditional like New Year's resolution message about how to live a better life and develop new healthy habits and and all all those different things. And for all those who are like trying to pull off a dry January and we're just talking about wine, (laughs) you know, sorry, but (laughs) you're doing great. Stick with it. But the reason that we're not doing that is because Honestly, you can get that stuff anywhere. Yeah. Like you can go to YouTube and learn the secrets of developing new habits, right? Our job as pastors is to help prepare you for the big thing that God wants to do in 2022, to get you ready yeah. for the next level, for the new chapter, yeah. for the crazier thing that God is going to bring about in our congregation, in our lives, in our world, all that sort of stuff. So here's what I'm going to invite you to do. You can do this right Right there in the comfort of your own home. Ask God to reveal the old wineskins that you're clinging to. Mm -hmm. God, what are the habits, assumptions, beliefs that I've carried for a long time that are 
holding me back. They're not able to take me to where you want me to go. Ask him to make you capable of receiving yes. the new thing that he yes. wants to do. And, and it's not going to be an easy thing. But if you ask God to help you renew your mind, as Hebrews chapter number 12 tells us, you will be able to, and you will be able to, or Romans 12, sorry, you will be able to um, know what God's will for your life is. Right. So God, where are my thoughts, my actions? Where are they not lining up with what you've called me to? And then help me, Lord, to bridge the gap to begin to move in the direction of where you want me to go. And then you really do have to learn to let go of the old things and embrace the new. Mm -hmm. Like 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17 is a very famous verse. It says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Yes. A new creation. You are new in Jesus. Yes. You are no longer the old you. The things that used to define you don't define you anymore. Maybe the things that defined you in 2021, they don't have to define you in 2022 because Jesus has made you a brand new creation. He he goes on to say in that passage, the old has passed away and behold, the new has come. Mm-hmm. In Revelation 21, 5, Jesus is speaking and he says, behold, I make all things new. 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 Right? This is a constant theme in Jesus' teaching and what he wants to accomplish. I love it. Jesus doesn't say, like, check it out, guys. I'm trying to restore the old things to their former glory. He doesn't say that. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to bring us back to the good old days. No, he doesn't say that. Trying to make it great again. In Isaiah, God (laughs) said, I'm going to pass right by that. In Isaiah, God says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Over and again, we see in the scripture, God doesn't simply want to maintain the status quo. God doesn't want to keep you where you were. He wants to usher you in to this new life of faith and miracles. And I mean, gosh, the things that he could do if his church, if his body, if his people were actually willing to let go mm-hmm. of the, the unchristian, unbiblical old wineskins that we right. hold on to and then embrace the new wine that he wants to give us. I mean, we, we can't even imagine what God could do through a group of people who are willing to do that. Yeah. So that's my challenge to you. If you want a fresh start in 2022, listen, I want you to get into the habit of flossing your teeth every day or <laughs> drinking less or losing weight or being you know more patient or calling your grandmother every weekend or what. I, I want you to get into all of the those habits. That's all good and wonderful. But if you really want to experience transformation Mm -hmm. in 2022, then you can't just change a few little things here and there. You've got to allow Jesus to make you a brand new creation. And he promises he'll do it if you ask him to. So maybe if you're watching, you say, hey, that's me. I want to make that choice. I want to ask Jesus to transform me into something new. All you have to do is ask him to do it. Invite him into your life and ask him to make you a new creation and he'll do it. So why don't you go ahead right there on your couch, bow your head, close your eyes and say to Jesus, Jesus, today mm-hmm. I ask you to make me a new creation. Yes, I need to be forgiven. I need to be given a fresh start. And today I'm asking you to give me both. Thank you for loving me and thanking, and thank you for giving me this fresh start. Yes. I pray this in your name. 
Amen. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that for the very first time, we want to celebrate with you. Yes. Comment in the uh, in the text box there if you're on social media, or send us an email, hello at connectcalgary.ca. Say, hey, I made a decision in today's service, and we'll get you a free Bible. Yep. We'll help answer any questions that you have. Um, regardless of who you are and what you're going through right now, we want you to know that Jesus loves you, and Connect Church is here for you in the coming year. And then speaking of New Year's resolutions, yeah. we have a challenge that we're putting in front of our church that we hope you'll participate in. So go to Radical60.com and you'll see every bit of detail that you need to know. But basically, there's five things that you do every single day. One of them is praying for five minutes. And whether you will pray in a group or you pray by yourself or you're just starting out and trying to figure out how to pray, it's all good. It's simple. There's no judgment. It's just accountability. And we're doing this together to try and take the right steps in growing in our faith, um, supporting each other spiritually, and getting healthier. Because so many of us have, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. you know, And so, there is like one of those things that you do every single day is work out or have a physical activity. So that could be a simple walk or it could be getting buff, whatever you want to do. But um, there's five things. Go check it out. Radical60.com. And we're doing it together as a church. And we hope that you'll be a part of it. Yeah. Don't forget that we're going to be back in person next Sunday, January 9th right here at our building. We'll also be online if you're unable to to join us in person, but we would love to see you 9 a.m., 10, 15, and 11.30. Have an amazing week in Jesus and live life overflowing. 